0: Welcome to another episode of Who I Do. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. <laughs> and we have a very special guest on the show with us tonight or today. I don't know, why I always do that. <laughs> guest, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Absolutely. My name is Sarah Nickens. I am a wedding and event planner based out of the Clarksburg, Maryland area, which is close enough to Washington, D.C. for. I don't know what in the world that is. <laughs> um, I am the owner and lead planner for SG3 events, and we plan weddings and special events that have style and substance.
2: Ooh, I like the tagline. <laughs> yes. yes, I love it. think our first... Our first guest to actually have a tagline. Right? Yes, I am yeah. all about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And y'all, I mean, you're listening to this, so you can't see how amazing she is dressed tonight.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, she is it's like the complete, best dress. The, the red yes. lipstick and the earrings, the drop earrings. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. When she came on, I was like, oh my gosh, she looks pretty. The wrong <laughs> <room party. laughs> I'm like, what do I have? Going on? Right? I have a present Exactly. What? (laughs) Exactly. exactly.
0: (laughs) We bumming it out here. (laughs) We are so glad to have you on the show tonight. Um, We are going to be talking about maintaining and creating, you know, great and positive vendor and client relationships. And I think this is a very somewhat timely kind of topic, especially because like we're in COVID and you would imagine you would be having some sort of communications right now with your vendors. And um, so we'll get into all that soon. But How long have you been like in the wedding industry so i've been in the industry
1: for a little over 10 years um but officially started my business actually two years ago you know i feel like everyone has a gift (laughs) and from a spiritual standpoint i feel like you know everyone has a calling and mine i feel like was it's always just to bring people together um and that is with planning or whatever it might be even when i was a kid but um Officially, um, as I was working in corporate America as a project manager, so I got a taste into planning corporate events. Um, And that's something I've always done just as a passion, and I've done it for friends and family, um, but officially got really involved into it about a little over 10 years ago. And then I worked my butt off as a project manager for years, still you know planning corporate events. Um, But it was always that, um, you know, just, just that passion that you have where it's like, hey, I love doing this. Um, I love doing this as a corporate planner or whatever it might be. I love doing it for friends and family and doing it on the side. But at some point, you don't feel like that's enough. Um, and when you get that urge and certain opportunities present itself, it's time to move on. <laughs> so uh, you know, I I just I took some time. Um, at that when I was working corporate America, I was doing it on the side. It was really just more of a passion. Um, I didn't care about having a business. I really. I'm not even i, I really i'm afraid of you know like you know, just what happens what happened to business that all the accounting and all the legal everything that comes with it and i'm i was very comfortable in my my nine to five even though it was more like 16 hour days but i was very comfortable in that you know um and but at some point you know it got to a point where i felt like i want to do this my way i have a gift i have a passion and i'm going to just start to work towards creating this and making the business. So had little kids, waited till they were older, um, waited until an opportunity presented itself in my current job where I could actually, you know, have a, a, a good exit. And then I started working towards what does it take to have a business? You know, the legal aspect, the accounting, HR aspect. And i um, over time, I mean, with prayer and fasting and just keep working at it. Uh, two years ago, I said, I am going all in. Um left my corporate job and here I am. I have not looked back since then. It has been a lot of work. <laughs> it's been um, both good and bad. I'm not gonna say here say it's been all great. No. When I started, you know, when I started doing this full time, I thought, okay, now I'm doing it full time. I've always done it before and I was I managed it with 16 hour days. So this would be easy. Uh, no. <laughs> I barely had time for myself. Um, obviously, I was taking on more, and I was handling everything, and I, I had support from family, Um, hired, you know, different people for different roles, Um, but it was just a lot of work. It was a lot of hard work, um, and I'm still <laughs> trying to manage it all, but overall, I, I really wouldn't trade it for anything, and it's been about two years now, and um, yeah, looking forward to, you know, growing my business even more. I've had opportunity to work with lots of different clients from the corporate side to the you know special event and my favorite, which is weddings. <laughs> but yeah, that that's kind of a little background on me.
0: Very nice. Yes. I love it when we get to talk to people that have been in the industry for a while or like even if they, um, like whatever role they had before was like a seamless transition. I mean right. project management, yeah. Like that exactly. <laughs> that translates so well exactly. into like wedding planning. Exactly. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, before we get into the conversation tonight, we are going to play a quick game of this or that. Our this or that's always try to be somewhat on topic with what we're talking about. And this is kind of a different one because as i was coming up with that i was like this doesn't really feel too wedding-y but (laughs) it'll make sense (laughs) like in once we start talking so Uh, i can't wait now (laughs) <laughs> All right, so, for a simple gift, would you prefer a Starbucks gift card or an Amazon gift card?
1: Amazon. I'm not a, I am not mean, I'm not a Starbucks girl, I, I really don't drink coffee, and I like to make my own chai, and I only like this chai from Trader Joe's, so Ooh. I would even gift it to my husband while I'm shopping on Amazon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love a good chai too, so I get that. Oh, yes. <laughs>
2: All right, Tania? I think I'm going to say the same because honestly, if I get a Starbucks gift card, like I have it for like a year or maybe two years or maybe even longer than that, just because like I forget about it. Just because I'm not an avid Starbucks goer. So Mm -hmm. Amazon all day. Okay. If you get a Starbucks
0: gift card, give it to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would probably say in this pandemic, I would say Amazon too, but I either one, you give me a target gift card, you give me whatever. Like I have like TGI Friday gift cards. I don't even know where TGI Friday is. <laughs> it's like I'm, you give me any type of gift card. I'm right. good. Okay. Uh, form of communication, email or a uh, DM. Ooh, I thought
1: you were going to say Phone um, definitely email. I am I'm not really good with social media. I just don't check it that often. So mm-hmm. you'd be hounding me down for two weeks, like, did you see my jam? No, <laughs> 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 it's still sitting there on red. So yes, yeah, definitely. And email is just a better way to keep everything. I'm super OCD about organization, and that's the project manager hat me. So yes, email all hands down. Email for sure.
0: Okay. What about you, Tania?
2: I'm going to say email as well, just because I can print that off if need be easily instead of like screenshotting, then, you know, <laughs> dragging it over, you know, yeah, no. you right. Yeah.
0: I agree, I think, but for me, it will depend on what are we talking about? If it's like just a casual, whatever oh, yeah. one off kind of thing, That's true. I yeah, can do yeah. a DM. But if it's serious, like, business related or something (laughs) like that like please do not use a dm as the form of communication Mm -hmm. that would drop me up a wall yep oh my gosh all right the last one so this is kind of more in the frame of i'm just thinking about you slash thank you so a handwritten card or a digital card
1: handwritten definitely handwritten personal touch never fails and, you know, even if it's just, I'm thinking about you. <laughs> the fact yeah. that it's handwritten means you <laughs> took the time to write that. So, yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: Handwritten. <laughs> <laughs> what about okay. and you, Tania? I will say the same. A handwritten card. What I agree.
0: One? No, I completely agree. Well, yeah, because
2: you always send a handwritten <laughs> card, so.
0: I love cards so much. <laughs> I have, like... Okay so many boxes um like the first set of boxes that i Mm. started to pack were like these little um cartons that i have where i just keep like different types of cards so i have like my thank you cards and my birthday Mm. cards and my blank note cards and my like sympathy cards and you know like i have my whole collection of things because you know we're in a digital age, like nobody writes cards or sends cards like that anymore, it, especially for like non-holiday moments. So I think it's a very sweet touch.
2: Actually, so. is so good at like cards, Christmas, wow. birthdays, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day.
1: I'm like... <laughs> you have me crying. I'm very emotional. So <laughs> whenever I see a card from you in the mail, I'm like, all right, get the tissue, get it. <laughs> you just, just get started because I know she's gonna make me cry well that's amazing right? I love that I love yeah. that oh that's awesome <laughs>
0: good, good good um okay guys well we are gonna take a quick break for this little ad and then we'll be right back
2: hey, hey Ashley and I would love for you to go to iTunes after you listen to this episode of course and let us know how much you love us or offer us some feedback We would really appreciate that. And that would help us out a lot. We wish you all much love and success. Now let's get back into this episode.
0: Okay, we're back. (laughs) Now we are going to talk about vendor client relationships and especially the positive ones. Um, I think this is going to be a great episode for brides and vendors to listen to. In season two, we were kind of like, Let's be more you know let's let's give more content to vendors because we do have a lot of vendors that listen to the show, so it's like let's find more ways to you know provide content and information that they can take and use and um, tweak in their business so and I'm really excited about this conversation because I think it's Tania don't you start but <laughs> I think this is like when you're getting married and you know you start looking for your vendors and you start like seeking out and then you get your vendors I don't think people are thinking about how am I going to actually interact and engage with this vendor right. from the time I booked no before I book them to be on the wedding like they're not thinking about that so much because that's not flashy <laughs> there's no real reason to talk about it so I know we have several questions here. I'm pretty sure there are going to be so many more that are going to come just like off the top of the head. But um, so just to like kick it off, what five words would you use to kind of summarize like a perfect positive client and vendor relationship?
1: Hmm. So the first for me would definitely have to be advocate. I think that that is key in any relationship, especially a client-vendor relationship. Even if it's vendor-to-vendor vendor relationship advocate, we have to have each other's back. We have to look out for each other. Um, another one that jumps out to me would be team player. Um, you know, even from when I work in corporate America, I manage a lot of teams, and my goodness, I used to hate when there's always that one person <laughs> that's just like, I, 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 I'm not doing this. This doesn't work for me, blah, blah, blah that no one likes that. You know, we're all in this together. I know we've heard that term so much now during COVID, but it's something I've always said, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that's, that's probably one of my first words. It's probably, we're in this together, mom, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, team player is one. Um, respectful is another one. Um, I think that goes a lot, a long way. We have to give respect in order to earn respect. That's, that's what I believe in. And I'm, um, nobody wants someone that's just being rude and just not, you know, just not considering that. So I would say respectful. Um, I would also say understanding uh, when it comes to weddings or events in general, there are so many changes and things. You just have to be agile and flexible. And if you have someone that does not understand, you know, it's one thing to say, Hey, I don't understand because I'm new at this, or I don't understand because I just don't have empathy and I really don't care. You know? So I think it's really important to, have a relationship where both sides are very understanding um oh and i can't forget the last one would have to be fun we, we work we, we're in this together we're working so many hours yeah some events some weddings are over a year i mean we've got to have some fun in the middle of, a, of all of this right whether it's just hey you know whatever it is whatever mm-hmm. whatever way we can at least have fun together um, and of course on the wedding day or event day, that's usually where i mean when when everything's set up i'm like guys we've got to celebrate this, you know, let's have some fun. So, and, and I think even after the event, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, let's get together. Um, Cause it's a lot of work that goes into planning these events. So yeah. I, I definitely think those are some of the key things that jumps out at me.
0: I love this. I yeah. took notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I took the, I, I wrote all of those down because I think, uh, I mean, yeah, those are like really five perfect like ways to kind of summarize what a really good relationship would look like. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm
1: sure I've got many others, but those that's just what jumped out at me right away. And I mean, that's just how I like to do that's how most of my relationships are. I mean, we we have each other's back and we have fun. We work hard, but we have a lot of fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So is it necessary for vendors to give their clients a gift upon booking their services?
1: You know, I I personally do that. I don't, I wouldn't say it's necessary, but I think it depends on the kind of business that you run. For me, um, I'm really focused on experiences and experiences from not just for the event or the wedding day, but from the moment that you inquire all the way through after your event, I really want to be able to curate this special, you know, like, you know high top-notch customer service and i want to start building relationships so when i give gifts as a you know when i book a client when i give a gift it's not just a oh you know here's a gift to show blah blah it's really just thank you for selecting me you have so many options that plan is specifically like starbucks using that as an example right it was one in every block <laughs> so you know you have so many choices so for choosing me i want to show my appreciation i want to show my gratitude so it could be something very small, and honestly, it doesn't have to be anything big. But I mean, it could be something that's small, but just shows your appreciation. Um, you know, typically when you first book a client, you may not know a lot about them just yet, so it may be hard to curate something that you know is like special to them. But there are basic things that most people like. Most people like candles. Most people like you know something that's customized, maybe with their name or whatever it is. I mean, there are a lot of gift companies out there. Like there's one that's local to the DMV area, and the looks Bucks Shop. They will curate gifts for you. And I've also worked with um, other companies called NAC, where they will just literally you, you say, hey, I'm looking for a gift that has XYZ, they curate a gift to you, you can brand it. Um, and you know, I, I definitely recommend like, you know, looking for gifting companies that are in your area. Um and I mentioned the LuxBox is one that's in the DMV area and just, you know, something small. Now, after the event is over or towards the end of the wedding, you get to know the client more. I also do something just as a congratulations, and that I always try to make sure it's a keepsake. Um, you know, it's something to remember, you know, you buy and It's just a good way of showing like, hey, we were together for let's say a year of planning um, during the whole process. I remember that you like Starbucks again, or I remember that you hated Starbucks in my case, right? I'm not gonna give you that. So it's just I wouldn't say it's necessary, but I think that if you care about client and, you know, client vendor relationship and you care about nurturing relationship, you care about showing gratitude, you care about also just doing something, you know, to just make them feel loved, then by all means do it. And, you know, if you don't have, you know, the budget for something big, something thoughtful, like a written handwritten note, you know, whatever it might be just to say, hey, I appreciate you, you know. Just like me as your planner and just something showing your gratitude.
2: I love that. I'm like, basically, you answered my next question. Um, <laughs> it, like, it always adds a nice little touch, you know? Yeah, and yeah. like you said, you know, it gives people the sense that you care, you know? Exactly, exactly. We live in a world where people don't care. So, right. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, so definitely, definitely. I love all those definitely. options. Mm-hmm. And the fact,
0: too, I think it also shows that, you're not just a number. Like mm-hmm. they're paying yeah. attention to, to you. Like exactly. there are certain like kind of generic, and I say generic kind of loosely gifts, like the gift card type of gifts, where you could give that out, and it's just a nice kind of like thing, kind of along the way. But then there are right. other gifts that are like, oh, oh, you, you know me, like right, right. Um, after I like I booked um, my floral designer um because I'm a big Falcons fan, she got me like a membership to like the Falcons, like official oh, fan club wonderful. type of thing. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Wow. See, that's
1: thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. Show that she listened, that's thoughtful. Exactly. And something so, you know, something so little, I mean, it, look at how it went a long way, you know, it just created right. that memory for you. And I actually do this where I have a questionnaire that my clients fill out. Um, again, it depends on the package and length of um, our time together. And mm-hmm. I asked some pretty interesting questions. If I were like, why the heck is she asking that? i have where do you like to shop? Blah, blah, blah. Those questions I'm asking so I can get to know them. But I also always go back and say, ha, huh, let's go back to that. And let's do something based on those answers. So, mm. you know, a year later, they're getting some, they're like, how did she know <laughs> this? You know, oh, a year ago, those questions seem odd, but here's right. why, you know, and and something so simple really goes a long way. And it's just, I find it's part of, I literally write it into my expenses. It's part of my business model. I have to do it. So again, not necessary,
0: but highly recommended. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So love that. Okay. So, and we might be kind of skipping around a little bit here. So trying as much as possible to kind of be a little consistent, but so honestly like how do you couples and vendors reach out to each other like what should that look like kind of from the moment they are secured um Mm -hmm. the vendor is secured to we'll say at least the wedding day
1: okay yeah i I think it depends on the type of vendor and Mm -hmm. the length of the planning process so obviously i'm a planner so for me um if i book a client that whose wedding is at least a year in advance you know, I'll, I'll have an onboarding call, you know, we'll say, hey, you know, this is what, how things are going to run. I use a system called Al Planner, where that's where we keep a lot of the wedding related details. And, you know, some people have a love and hate relationship for that. I love it. <laughs> I just love it. So I would say so for me, personally, you know, we have an onboarding call. And then if the wedding's a year out, I actually do a monthly check in meeting, you know, and that monthly check in meeting, I release like, hey, here's what you should be doing this month, Here's where we are because no bride wants to feel like, okay, I've booked you. Yes, my wedding is a year, but I'm just, you know, in in silent mode until we get closer, you know, and we're doing, you know, in the beginning, it gets busy because we're looking for a venue, you know, booking Mm -hmm. some of the top vendors and then it slows down in the middle. But that's why I have that monthly check-in call just to, you know, allow them an opportunity to have something on the calendar. Now, Mm -hmm. by all means, during the process, if an idea, question, thought, whatever comes up, text me, call me, email me, I'm, I'm always very flexible in that area. But I think that at a bare minimum, um, you know, depends on the kind of vendor you are and the length of your planning process, you should at least have a call, an initial call with your client, and understand, um, you know, how they like to communicate. Some people are just like, I'd rather you text me. You know, if you want things mm. in writing, you know, you might be able to say, I'll accommodate the text, but you're going to respond back in email confirming everything, you know, so you have it in writing on your site. So I would say, Mm at the very least, just have a call with your clients, set expectations, understand, you know, um, agree to how often you will communicate the best or preferred mode of communication. Um, And then, you know, if, if your wedding is three months away, then obviously you're communicating more frequently. But if it is a year out, Highly recommend just having something, whether it's just a monthly check-in. Now, if you're a photographer, there really isn't, you know, a need for a monthly check-in. But what you could do is if you say, hey, you know, let's say your client wants to have, they're getting married at a certain venue. If you shot at that, a wedding at that venue, send them an email. Say, hey, client X, I was thinking about you. I just shot a wedding at this venue that you're getting married. I thought you might want to see the shots. You know, it's just a little token of something. But it actually allows them to say, oh, what? Well, they're thinking about me. Um, even if you haven't even thought about them, but you just, you know, yeah. that. it just, it just, it's a little bit of talking of appreciation, just something showing that you care about that client. Um, and then if you're like a caterer, you may have the communications early on and you have to finalize things as you go, but you could have things like maybe every month or something, you can send them your, your weekly, your monthly blog or newsletter, or whatever it might be just to keep them top of mind. So I think it really depends on, you know, what vendor, the length, but there are things that you can do that are non-traditional, like, hey, send them a link to a wedding you just did, send them a monthly newsletter, whatever it might be, just to keep top of mind. But for planners, I think that you know you should be flexible, allow your clients to reach out to you as often as needed, um, and at least have some check-in calls, whether it's monthly or whatever you want to lay out that you and your client agree to. Some clients don't want monthly check-in calls. They're like, I hired you to do everything. Just let me know where I need to sign. And if that's the case, then agree that you're only going to hear from me when you need to sign something, you know. So just understanding what your clients need and tailoring it to what service you're providing, I think that's the best way to go.
2: I feel like whenever you book a vendor, it's like you're forming a relationship, and you know, with relationships, you have to put in work. I guess like to keep the relationship going, especially if this person's giving you money, you know. But like also, <laughs> I. You know, Yeah. Yeah, like I'm a frugal person, y'all. Yes. But like, (laughs) if I am, you know, like if you're providing a service, like we need to form a close bond. I'm not saying we got to be best friends now. Right, right. But, but, you know, but I want to know that, you know, that you are thinking about me, that I'm not just a number as Ashley Ashley said before. And that, like, even though we're not going to be together every day, but you're walking along with me through this journey. So
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think some people, not some people don't look at it. They, so, to some people, they don't look at it as a relationship. When you meet a guy, you guys are dating, you put work into, it. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not comparing that to, yeah. you know, what right? I'm just saying that I, I agree with you completely. You have to put in the work and that work does not need to be anything extravagant. You don't have to, you know, know. you don't have to do anything crazy, but just small intentional acts that show mm-hmm. that, Hey, you came to mind or whatever it might be, you know, it's just, it just goes a long way. And as brides get you know overwhelmed with so many decisions, they need to make so many people giving them advice, reaching out, they're hiring you as the expert, you know, so they want to know that if they do have questions, they can come to you, but they won't come to you. if They don't have, if they don't feel like they have a relationship with you. Exactly. They won't come to you. They won't even, they won't, they'll go to their best friend and the best friend might say, don't do that, but if they feel like they have a really relationship with you. They'll come to you. You know, yeah. they'll use it as an expert and that goes a long way. And that's how you create and build a relationship where when they're having another event, they get married, they're having a baby shower. Oh, I remember that, you know, photographer, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. he did this. Yes. The, the photo quality may, I'm sure it was great, but what they remember more is how you made them feel. Exactly. That, that's the, that's more valuable than even the end product at times. So exactly. yeah, I, I absolutely agree.
0: So, so true. Um, This next question has been inspired, of course, by the pandemic that we're in. Um, And honestly, some kind of not-so-positive things that I've heard from some of my vendors about their other clients or their other couples that they're working with and the vendors they're dealing with. So this is kind of like a a two-parter, but I'll I'll try to make it one. It might turn into two, but... um, (laughs) And this is starting like think back to what mid-March. Okay. Should brides be weary of like any vendors that have not reached out to them during this time as just kind of a general check-in? Or like if they have reached out to them, it was only like business, like and not, hey, are you gonna postpone? Which even still that to me, like this is such a biased question the way I'm even asking this, but like Mm How should it or should couples, brides, whatever, be concerned if like, okay, I haven't heard from my vendor or I really like my vendor really hasn't checked on me since the pandemic, especially if they are a 2020 or like a early 2021 couple.
1: Wow. So what are we I'm trying to count back, we're in what month are we in? August.
0: <laughs> yeah, so okay. I think this is like the fifth month of it all.
1: <laughs> okay, thanks. I didn't want to have to do the math. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I we have to put my fingers five. up
1: and start counting. <laughs> so five months later, if I am a bride and I have booked you and I, I spent some of the significant money and pandemic has hit and I haven't heard anything from you, you are showing me your true colors. You are showing me your true colors. There is no excuse for why I should not have heard from you. Um, a nice, hey, how are you doing? Hope you know you're you're holding up well is good enough. Um, and of course, the reality is that there, there needs to be that business question of, hey, we need to talk about how we're going to handle your event. You know, um, and you know, some people are not really you know great with the compassionate side of how to you know field certain questions. So they might just go out and say, hey, bride, we need to talk about your event. You know what I mean? But at least that's something, it's some kind of communication to say we need to talk about it. So I think if you haven't heard a vendor that you have booked whether you booked them you know six months ago or a year ago and we're now five months into the pandemic you haven't heard a word be weary (laughs) unless something has happened to them you know which would be unfortunate but be very weary because we've had a lot of time to process all of this you know and we've all been advised you know as vendors from a legal perspective you know what we can do and you know, we've all also had to be very flexible um, and just accommodate this very unique situation. So you should have heard from them <laughs> by 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 now. Um, some vendors are more like I, like I mentioned earlier. Some vendors that care about nurturing relationship, they probably would have reached out several times to say, "Hey, just checking on you. Hope you're well." Blah blah blah. And some of them, I'm sure by now would have said, "Hey, you know, I'm updating my contract. I'm allowing you know X Y Z. You have." whatever number of time to reschedule, whatever it is. Um, So you probably would have gotten different levels of communication, whether it's like checking on you all the way to the legal part, but you should have heard something by now. Let's be real. (laughs) Let's be real.
0: (laughs) I completely agree. Um, Okay. So I am going to piggyback and ask another question in the same vein. Should couples or brides be concerned if, okay they decide you know what i am going to postpone or whatever if their vendor came back and was like oh well that will be 500 1500 a thousand two thousand whatever yeah
1: yeah that one honestly um everybody's situation is different you know the thing about this pandemic is it hit everybody no one was scared even the babies that were just born, you know, my, I have an eight year old and um, a six year old and and it's affected them, you know, obviously more, um, you know, like just emotionally than financially. (laughs) So I think that in that case, you know, everybody has really done their best to be flexible. A lot of vendors are not charging, um, you know, like rebooking fees, Venues are the ones that are obviously, you know, a lot of people are hit very hard, but venues and caterers are hit very hard. Rental companies have been hit very hard. Personally, we, I had an event that we canceled. I'll never forget March 12. It was a day that in the D.C. area that we went to state of emergency. I had an event. Um, we were expecting over 500 people, spent a lot of money on this, and we canceled it about six hours before the event. Um, so in that situation, you know, a lot of money has been spent. Yeah. So it's really hard to say, Hey, you know, this is what we're going to do. But I think that you really have to look at it from two ways. One, you know, look at your personal situation, your financial situation, your business situation, and, you know, set limits for what can you um, accept and what can you not accept? You know, if you, you know, some people got, you know, PPP or whatever, if you had some help and you feel like you can actually, sustain yourself, then why not pass that on and not charge some additional fees, you know, but of course with caution, you can give it up to a year or whatever it might be, but really based on your personal situation. And I think that this is the second thing would be, this is where a relationship comes to play. You know, if you had a relationship with your client, have a conversation with them, work something out, you know, Um, most, you know, clients are reasonable, they understand this has affected you as well. Um, If they just say, hey, I can't do this anymore, I can't afford this, you know, I need to just cancel. I think that if your contract, we're all as vendors are very afraid of this, honestly, but if your contract clearly states that, hey, this is, you know, non-refundable, you know, this is retaining your you book my date, I've done a lot of work. I think that it's okay to stand by that. It's completely fine to stand by that. Um, but I just, I just like, I just say, just have some compassion, treat each situation, um, you know, one at a time. Don't, you know, give it a stroke of, everybody's going to get this, everybody's going to get that, you know, assess your own personal situation, assess your financial situation, and just work something out with each client. And if that means that you do have to charge for your booking fee, you know, just come to an agreement, maybe you know, something that's not your standard, booking fee, be half of that, but just try to work something out with them um, versus just hitting them with, Hey, this is what it's going to be, you know, because it's just a hard time for everybody right now. And imagine paying, let's say 30,000 for a caterer and you're saying, Hey, you're not getting any of that back you know what I mean like it's, it's hard for both sides but I think just really find a way to work something out with each and every um, client that you have and just knowing that we're it's hard for all of us you know but just having some sense of compassion I think goes a long way but I think that that one I have seen some people that have been charging that and it's okay it's just based on your own hurt your own financial and business needs but more importantly just try to work with your with your clients and figure something out that works for both sides
0: i agree and i'm thinking of like so my videographer back in maybe a week or two into this um he's based in tennessee and of course we're in georgia and so he was just kind of like hey you know if you need to change or like if you need to postpone or whatever like you know I'm not going to charge for a postponement fee. I'm not going to, like, if you want to cancel, you know, like I know my contract says this, but, you know, I will give you your deposit back. Like he was actually very, very nice about it. Um, and he was telling me about, like, some of the other brides that he works with where – and it was more of, like, venues that mm-hmm. were kind of pushing back. And in some of the wedding groups I'm in on Facebook, they were saying the same where it's like right. – oh no, you have to pay this amount to like postpone your wedding or you cannot postpone your wedding. Like in some States, and I don't know where um, these people are actually speaking from or speaking about, but they are saying how like, I have to get married in September. Mm -hmm. I have to get married at the end of this month because my venue won't allow me to postpone. And I guess that goes back to reading your contracts and Mm -hmm. looking that stuff over And, you know, back when everybody signed their contracts in, like, early January or, like, in the, you know, Q4 of, like, 2019, they're not thinking that, like, oh, we're months away from being basically, like, shut in our houses for some unknown time frame. Um, So you're probably thinking, like, oh, this is a great venue. I'm going to just go with it anyway. Like, I love it. You know, I love the dance floor, like the bar, like the all-inclusive package, whatever it is. And then it's, like. Yeah. You don't realize how this venue might be completely relying on events. So, Ooh, girl, that could be a whole different episode about like, I was going to say that's a whole like, book. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah it, no, it's, it's difficult.
1: Yeah. yeah. In the venues, you know, I have heard both sides, right? Some people will mm-hmm. say, you know, using myself as a planner, as an example, if you booked me a year ago, and, you know, let's say you book me in January, and we're in March, and this happens. I have clearly done some work, right? There's no way I've stayed silent for, you know, up to three months, and, you know, you book me three months, I have some work. We probably looked for a venue. We probably already found a caterer, probably already booked a photographer, maybe even booked DJ. Who knows? We've done some work. So, you know, the money that you have put down to retain my services goes towards that. But the argument I've heard a lot was venues, particularly. you you sign a contract with me in January. Here we are in March. That event hasn't happened. You know, you took whatever deposit. You haven't done any work. You know, the venue's like, well, we've done, that money goes to our staff, our maintenance, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole argument and I'm not, you know, calling out or saying venues are, are, you know, doing crazy things. I'm just using that as an example of where I have heard some difference in opinion, you know, and I've heard venues that have been very strict, but that is their livelihood. They depend on that, you know? So I think that, Fortunately, from my, you know, the venues in this area, majority, if not all, have been very flexible, you know, with, you know, rebooking. But of course, there's some limitations. Now, people need to look at weekdays, you know, holidays are probably, you know, hotter days now. But it's just, I think it also includes clients also being flexible. I think some clients in the beginning were like, what do you mean? You know, but that's what the contract says. And I know that we're in a hard time right now, but I think that. Now it's better, honestly, but in the beginning, nobody knew how long this was going to take. So the venues are probably saying, we're going to hold on to this. And I think now people are being more flexible, clients are more understanding, mm-hmm. um, and also vendors are more understanding. I mean, We've also got some kind of help um, financially. So it's, it, was, it was harder or tougher in the beginning and I heard both sides of it, but I think that now you really should be trying to do your best to work with the client. And, you know, just both sides, right? You know, client yeah. also be reasonable. Understand that this is someone's livelihood. Understand that they have probably used some of that money for their operating expenses, you know. Um, and just just be, you know, be, be be respectful of that and just consider that. Um, and just know so that a contract is there for times like this. Now, of course, COVID hit. None of these things were in, you know, contract. We have force majeure, but there's nothing specific about this, right? So that's where you really have, to, it's really a, you have to really work on it on a case-by-case situation just do what's best for both sides and now if you can't agree then thank goodness for the contract right because that's where you can get legal involved and try to enforce certain things but mm-hmm. I, it's this is a very very hard topic i mean we could talk about it for, for days and you know <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but i think it just goes back to just doing you know both sides being flexible and understanding um and mm-hmm. just trying to do what's best for for everyone because we're all really in this together
2: (laughs) very true all right so what ways can vendors show appreciation to their vendors
1: so i think i personally um you know do this as well like i think that if you have some vendors that you work with you know you guys you you can vouch for them you have a great relationship um you know make sure you refer them to your to your brides you know when when someone books you you can say hey i have these top three recommendations um. Here they are. Check them out. Um, and, you know, that's just a simple thing where whether it's a, you have a very formal preferred vendors list or you just always say, hey, check this person out. And of course, leave it to the client to to decide. But just having that list is always great. I think also just, you know, supporting each other. You know, if, if there's a vendor that has, you know, let's say another planet that has an event and they, or they're speaking or they're doing something, you know, just showing support. You know, social media goes a long way. Posts and say, "Hey, this X Y Z person is doing this." You know, it's. I believe in. You know, there's this thing going around about. Um, you know, I think it's collaboration, um, not over competition. Um, you know, it's just. So I, I'm sure that's not how it goes. Maybe that's. I don't remember. <laughs> but I think that it's. You know, there's something that goes into just making sure that you are supporting each other, whether it's just by shouting them out, "Hey, this person is doing this," recommending them. Um, And there are a lot of tools right now where you can actually do um, like a formal refer. I think HoneyBook has something like that, where if you book somebody, you can actually give them a list of, here's some vendors I refer. That's something that's so simple. You already have it built into your system. You can send it out to your clients. And that's a way that you're giving back to your vendors as well. So yeah, I think those are some things I can think about.
2: Love it. Love it. Okay. Should vendors communicate to the couple or just the bride? Hmm.
1: It depends. It depends. Um, I have clients right now where I speak with the couple and I have some where I speak with just the bride. I think naturally, um, you know, it's usually the bride that you speak with the most because most guys don't really, they don't really care. They, I shouldn't say they don't really care, but they don't really, they're not into all the details and they don't yeah. really want to be on all these calls. And and some, some, you know, some grooms do. They are even more, <laughs> you know, more into it than the bride. So I think it really depends. I think at a bare minimum, you know, get to know the bride. I mean, the groom. Maybe on the your onboarding call, um, your consult, whatever it might be. You know, if it's possible, just get to know him. At least speak with him. You know, um, and then after that, if it's just the bride, then you know, do that. <laughs> but I don't think it needs to be both because again, most most guys are just like, yeah, no,
0: <laughs> not doing this. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Uh
0: um, what role? And you kind of touched on this, but like, what role does the planner have in kind of facilitating the relationships that their couple or their bride has with mm-hmm. other vendors? Whether you were the one that like referred them or not, right?
1: You know, we planners, we play such a pivotal role with weddings. I mean, we are the glue, (laughs) the hub, the advocate, you name it. I think that, and if you have a really good relationship with your planner, you go to them for almost everything, you know? And and I think that it goes back to that first word I said earlier, when you asked what are some of the keywords advocate Um, you as a planner, your job is to just really have your clients back. You know, there are, They're hiring you to help them organize things, help them plan, but it's really to also make sure that you're considering their best interest in everything that's being done. Um, At the same time, I'm a strong believer in also advocating for your vendors. So, for example, if your client's saying, Hey, I don't like how this person did this, educate them. You know, no, it's not that they did this. This is how it typically works. You know, don't, don't. Let them give your, you know, vendor a, a bad mouth because of some misconception, educate them. You know, a lot of times brides will say, hey, I want to get married. I want to, this is my vision for floral design, for example. Then we out to this vendor and say, oh my God, look at what they quoted me. I'm like, okay, well, let's not, let's not, let's not, let's do it this way. Let's, let me explain to you why it's that way. Did you know that for every single vase you see on that table, they need to clean it. They need to do this for, you know, they need to have this amount of staff. This is why this cost adds up. So you are playing that role where you're also educating your clients on behalf of your vendor, um, and you're just having you know you're having their back. Um, So I think that really planners we are that hub where we have to do that. We have to do that, uh, you know, like 360 communication with our clients and also (laughs) with our clients to our vendors. So it's and I feel like if you're not someone that really you know, cares or spends a lot of time on making sure that you have your team player, you have everyone's back, you probably just be with your clients, say, Oh yeah, this person didn't really do this and you're really do that. But it's very important that you make sure that you're preserving your vendor relationship while you're also preserving your client relationship. And sometimes it means educating your clients to say, this is not really what it is. This is what it does me explain to you why. But um yeah we we wear so many hats. I mean we can even be seen as counselors and (laughs) all kinds of stuff. But I think at the end of the day, we play such a pivotal role. We are the glue to all the other vendors. And it's important to make sure that you have in, um, you know, vendors and the clients back.
2: This is so true. Now, yeah. okay, like, is there ever a time like where you just have like, I guess like, you just bump heads with a vendor? Like, how do you deal with that? You know, because <sighs> I'm pretty sure, like, not everyone gets along. Like, as you were talking, I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if there's ever, you know, drama." Which I'm pretty sure there is, because there's drama. There,
1: oh, there's always drama. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen,
1: there is always, there's always drama. You know, I don't. I, I think I said this earlier. I think this may sound cliche, but I, I really have a gift where I get along with majority of people. Okay, I really do. Okay. I, I, even if you come at me sideways or you know you know, we don't really get along. We butt heads, you know, maybe you're bossy or whatever it is. I just let you have your, you know, I let you, I let it happen. I let it play out, but I make sure that you understand like what we're not going to do is this. And this is the role that I am playing. And, you know, I set those expectations up front, but yes, I have had situations where, you know, other vendors have just been very, you know, like just, I don't, I can't even find the right word for it, but just, you know, button heads and not really um, agreeing on certain things. And sometimes it happens when the client trusts the planner to say, Hey, I want your opinion on the design. Let me just use that for an example right now. Let's say I'm a planner as a floral designer and you know, the client trusts the planner and the the client is asking the planner for input all the time. And I, as a planner, I'm giving all this advice and the floral designer is like, well, what are you talking about? I'm the one that knows what I need to be doing, you know. So that can cause some kind of friction. Mm-hmm. And I think in that situation, you know, and I haven't had anything like. That. I'm just saying, like, if I were to have that in that situation, I would just say, hey, you know, let's make sure that we understand, you know, the boundaries with. Hey, your role is this. my role is this. I'm just giving a simple opinion. It's not meant to, you know, undermine you or or make you feel like you're inferior, whatever it is. But <sighs> When I have had situations where I didn't really necessarily you know, either get along with somebody or we just butt heads, honestly, I just let them, I let them be. I let them have, and I think I can control that because I'm the one that's really holding all the information. I'm the one that, you know, oh, yeah. is, you know giving yeah. out directions and so forth. So I just tailor the way I speak with that person. Uh-huh. If I know that they're going to be defensive or argue, or argue about something, maybe I'll just email everything versus have a conversation or vice versa. Um, but honestly, ladies, I just I just let them have I just let them be. And I just I, I come in and say, okay, this is what we're not gonna do and set those boundaries <laughs> up front and just let it be because I, I don't let it affect me because at the end of the day, yeah. I'm like, I just don't want this to affect the overall experience that we're giving the client. You know, exactly. if it's going to start to affect the delivery of this, then we're having that conversation. And I'm not, I don't need to let the client know that this is happening or whatever it might be, but you need to yeah. understand and respect this is what we're going to do. We don't have to get along. We don't have to talk or do anything yeah. like that. But when we're working together, we're working towards a common goal. And that is to make sure their wedding goes up without a hitch. And this is what you're going to do. So that's, that's kind of how, you know, I've handled it. But again, I honestly haven't had many, I haven't had a lot of scenarios where it's like, Oh my God, I, you know, this, this was so bad for the most part, you know, we get along well and yeah, you know, we may disagree here and there, but, respect each
0: other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, man. All very good points. Um so speaking of kind of ways to kind of facilitate um good conversation and um, you know, whether well, let's just in general what are some like great tools that vendors can use to kind of help them facilitate um, the relationships with either ven- other vendors or um, their own like respective clients?
1: Yeah. So I think I mentioned earlier, HoneyBook is one mm-hmm. where I know that um, there is a way that you can have very pretty looking uh, vendor referral situation going on where once you book somebody, you say, Hey, you know, I have selected these vendors for you to take a look at. Um, and you send that off to the client. It looks pretty. They can click on it right away, and it takes them to the, to the website for these vendors. That's a very effective tool. And, you know, especially when you're booking, like, let's say you book a planner or a photographer in the beginning, um, you may not know a lot of things. And it's hard to do research and try to figure out who's the right person. So having that list, I think, goes a long way. And even if you don't use HoneyBook, create some type of a – preferred vendors list, you know, find a Word document, Canva, whatever it might be, just put something together or just an email saying, here are some vendors that I've worked with that I recommend, you know, that's a very simple tool that you can use. Um, And those, but HoneyBook is one that I know personally, um, it it, it does a really good job with that.
0: Good good stuff. I, I, yeah, I kind of thought about even asking you about like, should, well, how much weight should like brides or like couples, kind of put on the pervert vendors list that come from whether it's like their planner or like a venue. Cause I feel like for me, a vendor recommended to me by my planner or my photographer or um, probably the vendors that I would have more interaction with, I would probably wait that more versus the venue, which I feel like I'm not sure how they really go about and, establishing those relationships if, it, if it's just like oh this is someone that's you know come here several times like I like them or this is a DJ that you know frequently plays in this area and because the majority of our clientele is you know like late 20 something white women that you know mm-hmm. like this could check those boxes right, but you know I right. come in and I'm like in my mid-30s Mm, i don't want to hear dj like shazam or i don't right. know <laughs> i can't think of a dj right, but you right. know like so right i totally but, understand but um but i i wonder like when it comes to these preferred lists that the like respect the vendors have and i guess this is more about like how are they even created like should mm-hmm. this feel like it's more weighted or is it just kind of like yeah through the times these are kind of my frienders folks i could kind of go to or folks that i've also frequently run into for different weddings and whatnot. So yeah, I vouch for them.
1: Yeah. So, so here's what I would say about that. I think that the reality, at least for me, is that, um, when I recommend vendors to clients, it's for several reasons. One, you know, most of us want to work with people that we enjoy working with people that we know are reliable. They can execute the overall vision because I can't do my job without the 14 extra vendors that come to play. And a photographer can't do his job properly without you know, a few of the other vendors. You know, and a venue would love to have a planner that's detailed, that respects their rules. So there are many reasons why each vendor would say, I recommend this. For example, photographers, a lot of times, would recommend um, a, a videographer or a cinematographer, someone, someone that they actually know that they've worked with before because it helps with the creative process um, where you know their photos and their videos kind of goes very well together. But if some new person is coming in, they may be like, "Oh, I'm not sure about that." And a lot of venues would like to work with planners, where they know that, "Hey, this planner is on top of it. They will, you know, have they will take care of our venue. They will make sure that you know the, we follow the rules and so forth." So I think that when you, as a client, when you get these vendor recommendations, if you get one from a venue, a planner, photographer you might be overwhelmed to say, okay, I don't really know which one to, to trust or, you know, let me wait, you know, why, why is this person recommending this person? Um, I think that if I, you had to pick one person that you, rec- that you weigh higher than others, this is going to sound cliche, but it really is the planner. <laughs> it's not because I'm just a planner, but think about it this way, though. Us planners, we work with, we're the hub. We work with all of these vendors, Right. We know the venues that we say, hey, this venue is great, but they are very difficult to, you know, they may be very difficult to work with. But because we work with them, we know how to maneuver it. Or the photographer is, is amazing. Um, here's their price point or whatever it might be. So we, we kind of look at the big picture, right, where the venue might just be saying, hey, I'm going to give you a recommendation for these are the planners that I know I enjoy working with because they follow the rules. And these are the designers that I know because they'll make my venue look the bomb, but then they're going to cost you like $30,000 over your budget. Right. You know what I might say? This is a photographer. Like because I like his light, but it's going to be crazy over price. So I think that if you had to weigh, you know, definitely weigh the planner higher. Um, then when you do get a recommendation from a venue or a photographer or whatever it might be, don't be afraid to ask, hey, you know, how do you, you know, wh- what's the process for your preferred vendors? Do you have a formal process? Do they have to go through, some venues make you go through a process where you're showing that, hey, you know, I am certified, I have insurance or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So I think understanding what criteria goes into, um, you know, the venue or whatever vendors, preferred vendors, that also would help you decide on where it falls on your scale of one to 10. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, no matter what, when people do refer, you know, a vendor to you, it does make it easier. But that doesn't mean it's you have to pick from that. But just asking that question, say, okay, well, why? Can you can you tell me why? Can you give me or, or asking the question, is there an, have you had a bad experience with them before? Um, how did you cure that? So I think it just you just have to take each one and understand, try to understand how that came up, how they were on the list and mm-hmm. if you had to pick one <laughs> of all the vendors then i mean the planner has that bigger picture where they've worked with all these vendors and they yeah. really can vouch for them and no planner wants to work with someone that's going to be late someone that uh. is not going to deliver you know the photos is not going to you know be a team player so right. naturally like you know as planners we do a lot of things when we call style shoots where we just you know collaborate with other planners and I mean, other, you know, vendors, that's a way for us to get to know how people work. Because, you know, sometimes when you work with people, a brand, you work with the same people, you don't get to actually work with newer people. So style mm-hmm. is an opportunity for you actually to work with different vendors. And in doing so, you get a feel for how they are, you know, so you might try them out here. But if they don't work out for a wedding, then you take them off your list, because yeah. you want to make sure that you are guaranteeing that service for your client. So we have that bigger picture. We're not going to put someone on there that's like, hey, you know, I'm, I might be there, I might not. No, we don't want that. No, no planner wants that. You know, so, so that's why I think that that's the one that I think weighs higher than others. But again, just make sure that you, you know, take each one and try to understand how they are on the list. And if you see one person on the venue's list, that's not on the planner's list that you feel like you connect with then by all means, you know, go for it.
0: Good
2: stuff. Yeah, very good answer. Should certain vendors reach out to their brides and grooms more often than others?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think planner is another one that should reach out more often. Um, again, they, they're the ones that are doing you know, managing the whole aspect of it. It also depends on the kind of you know, service that you're providing as a planner. Um, and then your photographers, videographers typically reach out in the beginning and um, you know, closer to the end. Um, DJ is another one where you kind of, you know, want to connect with them to get a feel for their music and so forth. So it just depends on what service you are providing. I know, I know, I have, I know a client actually, I would say that um, what was very important to her was actually her hairstylist. (laughs) That was one of the most important things to her because she's like, I, you know, I only work for this person. She actually, um, she's actually in Atlanta and the bride is here in the DC area. And she was flying in for, you know, for the wedding and she was just making sure like literally like they would talk and they would go through ideas all the time She sent pictures left and right. Um, you know, she even flew to Atlanta uh, to just say, Hey, I want you to do a styling blah, 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 whatever it might be. But there was, I would say there was more communication than normal, <laughs> you know, usually with the hairstylist, you, you book them, you, you have a consult and you show up on the day up, but there was a lot of communication in between that process because, they had a relationship and it was important that, um, you know, they selected the right look. So so I, I think some you have to like the planners because they're just, they're the ones that are managing everything. Um, and there's some others that, you know, you're just coming in, you're providing a service and you're leaving. So I think if I had to kind of put into the bucket, I would say those vendors that are going to stay at your event, your planner, your photographer, your DJ, um, uh, what else? I'm, I'm drawing blanks right now. And then some people that will leave, like, you know, your baker, you know, you meet with them, you select a cake, you have a taste in, and then you drop off the cake. That's it. <laughs> you know, right. you probably have less communication with them. But those plan- those people that you actually will be you will be staying for most of your wedding, then yeah, you probably have more communication with them.
0: Okay. Th- yeah, that makes sense. That
2: makes a lot of sense.
0: So should clients look to social media to tell, like, how their vendors or prospective vendors treat their couples. Like, I know you said you're not, like, really big on social, um, but just in terms of, kind of, like, if they post, you know, like, certain weddings, are they posting the same weddings over and over? Or, you Mm -hmm. know, are you seeing the full variety of all clients that they serve? um, Yeah. The type of captions they use? Like, all of that. I think so.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think so. I mean, I'm not... Oh, I just can't. It's just a lot. <laughs> Social media is a lot for me. And you know, I, I, you know, put stuff out there here and there. And I, I, my goal, one of my goals during the pandemic was to be better at it and just showcase my couples more. So I've actually started to do that. And I have someone on my team that's actually going to start helping me out with that more because I'm just not like I rather talk, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to do anything. Say, oh, just a video. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I don't really like that either. But um, I think that they should. And and you know. Here's one. Here's one scenario I'll, I'll give you. I was, um, we were looking at booking a vendor. I would not say what category or anything else. other than that, just a vendor, wedding related. Um, and they posted a picture of uh, a bride, and you can tell, like they called, they named the bride, and they also tagged the bride. Wow. And <laughs> you know, when you do something, say, hey, you know, check out this blah, blah, blah. The bride responds, I, and I saw the response for the bride, and it was, uh, it was not a positive response. So that right there shows me you don't have your house in order, right? Yeah. If you're, if that bride is responding, and I'm not going to say what it said or even, yeah. you know, what category, but if that person is responding, and it could have been a one-off thing, but if it wasn't a positive response, most brides would respond and say, oh, you know, it was great working with you or whatever it might be, right? Something positive, um, yeah. that's not a good sign. And I would think that if you had something bad with that, client you probably don't want to put them on social media because you know they probably give you a negative response but if you do so anyway i'm like okay i don't even think i trust not sure about your judgment here so it's just a little bit of a pause right and i think that if you had not looked at social media you may have not seen that um i think it's also important to see how the vendor is representing their couples you know um Mm. you mentioned captions i think you know, a lot of times we get people that help with social media, they write certain things, they research, you know, certain keywords and so forth. But I like to write something that has some, some heart that actually means something. So mm-hmm. I think that if you're seeing that you're seeing that this person actually probably cares, and they're probably putting a little bit more attention. Um, yes, a lot of what we do is for marketing, I mean, honestly, but another part of it is also just, you know, just showcasing our clients and just showcasing their love story. And I think that if you're seeing that, it just tells you that, okay, this vendor, you know, it's probably going to go a little bit above and beyond to ensure that, you know, they are taking care of me and they are really about making sure that it's about our love story. Yes, there's marketing involved, but they do place an emphasis on us as a couple. And I think you will find that pretty quickly on social media. <laughs> so I, I definitely would. That's a great question in general. And I definitely recommend that.
2: Thank you. Thank you. What are signs of a problematic client and a prob- a problematic vendor?
1: Mm. So on the client side, unrealistic expectations.
2: <laughs> <Ooh>. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and,
0: that makes sense. And unrealistic
1: and lack of gratitude, ladies. I am telling you, you know, we work hard. We do a lot, and not just planets. Every vendor. Whether you're just coming up and dropping off a cake or whatever it is you're making sure that cake is not wild, but you're doing everything you can right. um, and as a client, you know gratitude goes a long way. Thank you you know I appreciate you getting back to me um, of things that you can just do that doesn't cost you anything but the problematic client very e- early on you know probably will just sh- will show you signs that you know they don't not that they don't care but they Will come at you in a very disrespectful way. Um, like, for, for example, um, I had a situation where um, I felt like there, there was a client that was not expressing gratitude. There was a lot that was going on. We had an issue that was occurring. And we were going to take care of it. And we took care of it in a very timely manner. And everything was resolved. But then the follow up to that was, well, that's why did that happen? That should never happen. But it was a lot of emphasis on preventing that. And and it was actually honestly, to be very honest, it was actually the client's fault. But we were just trying to, you know, make sure everything was taken care of. Um, And there was no sense of gratitude. And the emphasis and the focus was on why did this happen? You know, it was just so much. And I'm like, well, hey, this is actually why it happened. We resolved it. So that's one way if, if you're seeing someone that's consistently focused on the problem, um, not necessarily the solution. And when I say unrealistic expectations, you know, when, for people that are getting married, you know, if it's your first wedding, you really don't know, um, you know, how much certain things cost. Like Instagram has spoiled everybody, and Pinterest, where you see all these weddings, mm-hmm. like, I want that, and my budget is, you know, this. And, you know, when you explain Mm -hmm. to people, hey, this is what your vision is, but this is what it's going to cost. You can tell early on by things that they say, like, for example, one client said, well, you just don't know the right people. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm like, that's why I'm the planner. You hired me uh, because i know the right people and even if i don't know the right people i know people that know the right people <laughs> you know what i mean so i think you you see those signs very early on by how they react to you trying to educate them how they react to you trying to set expectations with them and how they react to you trying to give them boundaries and honestly you can't even tell before you book them you can tell in your contract review process when they come at you and say this clause that you have, well, you got to, you know, maybe you had a type one that you didn't put a comma on that. You're like, really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the service okay, is still this amount. Like. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's how she, um, if you look at it phonetically, that, that doesn't require a comma. If, we're gonna, if you want to go there, grammatically, right. that does not require a comma. <laughs> So, you know, you can tell, honestly, during the very early process. Um, now, that doesn't mean that they'll remain difficult. You can, you can get over that just by, again, like I said earlier, with the difficult vendors. Just let them be, But set expectations, create those boundaries. If they push back a lot, you know, there are ways that you can get around that just you can refer back to the contract every, with every single comment. As per the contract, this is what blah, blah, blah says. Um, but I think the signs are there very early on. Just, you know, some people are just naturally defensive. Some people are naturally combative but there's a difference between being defensive and competitive and just being downright disrespectful and, you know, just having a very negative view on things and just not showing that gratitude is usually one thing that I always see. Like, if I don't hear a thank you, you know, I don't need to hear a thank you with every single thing, but I mean like, you know, if we could save a thousand dollars on vendor X, thank you would be nice. <laughs> and if it's just like, well, about time you save that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we've got a problem (laughs) It's like you gotta go
2: yeah
0: I (laughs) kind of want to ask a follow-up to that um what would have to happen for a vendor to sever ties with Mm -hmm. their client like you know what Mm -hmm. it's not worth it you know what because I've noticed like in the contracts that it will say you know like there's the cancellation part where Mm -hmm. you know for x y and z if Mm -hmm. you know vendor client blah 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 blah. like they all they're all differing um they have different you know kind of reasons but what do you think is kind of like those uh, gotta cut this tie
1: (laughs) yeah i I think it 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 goes back to your contract i mean one of my biggest things is um i have a clause in my contract for a safe working environment and i put it in writing um safe working is it's it's vague, but I also try. To, I, I, I put specifics in there. Um, I have a zero tolerance for um, any kind of you know, harassment, whether it be you know, physical, verbally, whatever it is. And I have it written in there where first offense, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, second offense is what we're doing. Third offense. I'm leaving your event. I'm not I don't owe you anything. There is nothing whatsoever. Um, so I think every vendor needs to dictate what is a no-no for them. Like, I actually have a code of conduct in my contract. It's an addendum. And I list something as simple as, when we have meetings, you have a 15-minute grace period.
2: Ooh, if You don't let me
1: know. <laughs> you know, like, if you're running late, I'm flexible. My clients know us. I'm flexible. Right. If you're running late, just let me know. But if we if I get out of my home, leave my kids and my husband, and I get in a car and I drive somewhere to meet you and you're 30 minutes, 45 minutes, late. that's disrespectful. You don't, you know, you know, time is money, that's disrespectful, that's not how I operate. So in that situation, I'm not gonna write you up. I'll let you know, hey, per the contract, you know, this is <laughs> this is what we agreed to. You know, this is the first time I'll give you your notice. And then if it becomes a repeated behavior where I feel like you have no, um, you know, you just don't respect my time. You know, you're not responding. Maybe I send you an email and two, three weeks later, you haven't responded, you know, little things like that. I don't just, you know, I don't just get out of the contract. I give you an opportunity to cure it. I, we have a conversation, you know, we have a mm-hmm. dialogue because again, all my clients, we have a relationship. So I'm, so honestly, you know, this doesn't typically happen, but I have it in there because it has happened, right? So I we have some conversation, we have a dialogue, I say, hey, this is something that's happened. I just want to make sure it's not a repeated behavior. I know you had something going on last time, but hey, just want to just bring it up. And mm-hmm. if it continues, then yes, I hit them with, hey, per the contract, you know, these are the things I put in there um that this is my code of conduct, and these are the things that I've said in there that I can Gladly, ex, you know, exit the contract, and these are the ramifications of me doing that. I still keep my retainer or whatever it is. But all that is already laid out. I just nicely bring you back to that section of the contract, and it's probably that one where you said I didn't have a comma in there. <laughs> I bring you back into that <laughs> and say, here's where we what we agreed to. Um, you know, I'm giving you X, Y, Z number of to this to secure this, and then at that point, if it's not working out then I will be glad to um, f- go through the procedures to
0: exit that contract <laughs> that makes a lot of sense um thank you thank you for that
2: <laughs> um, we
0: have three more questions um, sure.
1: this is great ladies I'm enjoying this
0: <laughs> <laughs> so kind of thinking um, back to kind of the timeline of things we make it to the wedding day like what should couples do to show their appreciation to their vendors like that day? Ooh, wow.
1: So one of my favorite, favorite, favorite ones is, you know, every couple gives a, uh, you know, thank you speech at the end. I love when my couples just say, and you know, whether it's first last but not least, second, third, it doesn't matter. I just, it yeah. melts my heart when I just hear the, and you know, I just want to thank my wedding planner for oh, even if it's just that, like it literally melts my heart because they don't have to do that when they're giving their thank you speech. They have so many people to think, right. you know, so many people to think about. Um, but hearing that, and I'm most likely in the room, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm, you know, making sure everything's going well even towards the end. Um, I just love hearing that. I love hearing that thank you, um, and you know, even if it's just ten people in the room, it does not matter. What matters is that they genuinely included me in that list of people that they're grateful for. And that melts my heart. Um, and mm-hmm. reviews. I mean, my, you know, we thrive off of reviews and referrals. Um, you know, when, if you know someone, you know, that you recommend to someone more likely, I'm going to feel better because, Hey, you know, actually you know that person. Okay. Then I feel comfortable because I'm comfortable with Ashley. So it's just mm-hmm. a natural feeling. So, you know, having the referrals, being able to say, Hey, my wedding planner was amazing. This here's why, you know, definitely reach out to her for this and also writing a review for those people that find us organically. You know, I read reviews a lot of times when I'm trying to purchase something or it's typically services. I want to see how, you know, they work with this vendor. But when, when you do write a review, I always love when I just, when they, when they give an example of, you know, like here is something that she did or whatever it might be because that's how I run my business anyway. Every, there's going to be so many examples throughout the whole planning process. And if you can remember one of that, or one of them has such an impact that you're writing on a review, my job is done. And, and for me, that just, it just melts my heart every time. And, and it's, I love it.
0: <laughs> so reviews and shout outs during yes. the wedding. I like yes. that. Yeah, I absolutely. like that a lot.
2: Yeah. Do most right. couples keep in touch with their vendors after the wedding's over?
0: Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that goes back to the, to the referral as well. You know, um, there's always a need for, you know, an, you know for, for whether it's a planner, um, you know, photographer, whatever it is. And even if it's not for you, you may know someone that, you know, is looking for, hey, I need a venue or I need a, a makeup artist for XYZ. So keeping in touch and it could be something as, you know, I, I like to follow my couples on social media. So for the little time that I am on there, if they post something, I would like to comment and say, hey, good to see you're doing well, blah, blah. And even if I am a lost memory, you know, let's say I now reach out a year later and say, congratulations on your baby or whatever it might be, they, they remember me, you know. And if they might say, okay, let me reach out to Sarah for XYZ, but I definitely recommend keeping in touch. And it could be, again, like a small, you know, anniversary, text them, hey, happy anniversary. You know, if you have it in your business model, send them an anniversary gift. Um, they post something on social media comments and you know don't do it because you want to check a box but generally you know like hey you know comment on whatever they're doing um and it goes a long way because it keeps you in their heart and when they think of another event or someone else is looking for something they'll, they'll consider you
2: yep and that goes back to the relationship that i was talking about exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> that is exactly. very true <laughs> yep.
0: that is very true especially if you're like one of those friends that might be the first in the friend group to like get right, married. And right, stuff. Yeah, so, like exactly. I took all these people out for a test drive and I spoke exactly. to, you know, this is vendor, but it came down to these two. And I went with this one because of right. this. Exactly. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right. So final question. So what advice do you have for vendors to keep a positive relationship with their clients?
1: So it would have to be communicate openly and just get to know your clients. Um, it does not matter what service you're providing. Um, you know, I think if you if you, if you focus on really getting to know your client and trying to help them, you know, solve whatever problem they have or help them execute the vision or help them meet whatever need they have, then they won't, the client won't feel like a number or just another Person or a source of income, they will feel like you genuinely care about whatever you know their mission is. Like me as a planner, you know my job is to help you plan and organize your event. But with every single wedding, there is always another need that that client has, right? And when I say another need, it could be I'm a busy professional. I need someone to. Here's a the keyword: there need someone to do. Like so I see someone to keep things on track, whatever it might be, or it could be, hey, I have a really difficult family, I need someone that's gonna help, you know, to keep me sane or help even keep both give both sides like information, whatever it might be. There's always a certain need. So you're not gonna find that out unless you communicate openly and really get to know your client. And once you do, you're in a really great position to actually be valuable to your client by addressing that specific need. So yes you're delivering an end product or end service, but you're going beyond them and actually, you know, bringing out and helping to facilitate whatever they need from you. And I think that as long as you do that, get to know them, understand their needs and deliver, the rest is history.
0: Very good. I love that. That was a great way to cap off our wonderful conversation. Um, we're not going to let you go. So now we're moving into the, unsolicited advice portion which is something we do every week and this is when I give you advice you didn't ask for because that happens a lot when you get engaged um well depending on your circles it happened to me so maybe that says something but anyway <laughs> um advice for this week and actually it's very timely watch how you talk about your vendors online you could be violating your contract so you know If you are having, you know, not a so positive moment or what have you, don't put it out there. Don't even, you know, kind of allude to it. Um, People can rate between the lines and it's just rude. Um, If you're having an issue with the vendor, um, if you have a planner or at least a coordinator, if you're closer to that time frame, reach out to them and kind of discuss whatever issue you're having with them. Maybe it's a perspective thing. Maybe it's something where, you know, communication was just kind of misconstrued. You know, there's a lot of um, reasons why um, you might be kind of feeling the way you're feeling. So because you don't want your vendor to just say, you know what, girl, I'm good. I don't need this. And then you're stuck looking for a vendor. Um, in the middle of a pandemic or whatever time you're listening to this episode, <laughs> um, you know, just kind of consider all these things. So just watch how you talk about folks. Cause uh, you know, it's not nice.
2: And no idea that how timely. Well, you're not. Yeah. But I had no idea that, you know, you can add that to your contract. Like, I guess I didn't think about that because you don't mm-hmm. want your name to be like Money. tarnished. Yeah.
1: exactly, Yeah, exactly. I actually have something like that in my contract as well. You know, it's Ooh, you got yeah. everything. <laughs> 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 Listen, my contract is a few pages long, but no, and, and some <laughs> of these things happen from experience, you know, if, you know, and the way I kind of have mine is if we, you know, get out of the contract based on certain terms that we have set forth that we all agree to, Mm-hmm. You can't go and start saying all these things because, hey, if I had these clauses in there saying that you should do X, Y, Z, and we are given an opportunity to cure it, and you don't care it, and I have a right to execute my side of terminating the contract, we did everything that we were bound to legally. And one of the things that you're bound to look at is if we, as long as we follow everything, and I don't breach and I don't do anything crazy, you can't go out there and and you know. Do something crazy and some of these things that we put in our contract honestly I mean, I'm, not, I'm not a lawyer or anything but some of these things you know when if we get to a court of law it may not be legally you know it, it may stretch be stretched out for lack of better words yeah. but at least it's a deterrent to say hey listen mm-hmm. this is what you you're signed up for so i absolutely agree actually you may be breaching your contract just be careful what you say <laughs> um if but if you do have a really negative experience with someone I also think it's it's a good way also of getting that information out there because you don't want mm-hmm. someone else to repeat the mistakes that you have just gone through so I think it's important that you have that opportunity to, to share that but if you're if there if you're just having a, a bad day or a day should something you didn't like and you just feel like first thing I'm gonna do is go to social media and just say all this stuff right financially you might be going against your contract so that is absolutely amazing idea and i don't think a lot of people think about that you know sometimes we get very happy with you know t- <laughs> posting things nowadays
0: oh, <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Grand, yeah oh but- my gosh like this wedding <laughs> group i'm in <laughs> the ghetto like <laughs> the, i think <laughs> there's a definitely a, a misconception about like what all weddings cost and require and how much work and stuff like that and people assume that because I'm in like little boondock or like, you know, the sticks, Georgia or wherever place that, you know, certain vendors should not cost this much or certain vendors, like how dare them say that, you know, they're going to charge me to postpone my wedding and things like that. And it's like, you have to realize that you are dealing with people and you don't know if someone in this group knows who you are talking about whether you call them out by name or not and some of them do um but it's just like oh my gosh how dare she do this or i asked her to do this she didn't do this, blah, blah blah. and i'm thinking i really think you had a lot of misconceptions going into this and every now and then if i am going to comment because i don't really commenting in any of these i just i just lurk <laughs> but sometimes i'm just like um mm, actually like that was a very affordable cost like girl why are you tripping there was one person before we go into vendor love there was this one scenario where somebody was complaining i think they live in like nashville or memphis but they were complaining about how much their um makeup artist or the person that they wanted to do their makeup was going to charge them um for you know their bridal party so it was like at least six bridesmaids a few flower girls mother of the bride mother of the groom plus the bride and i think they're like charging 800 and i and that was a complaint and i'm like girl that is affordable <laughs> like that is cheap <laughs> and she was like well maybe where you're from and i'm like Y'all gotta understand that the makeup costs the same whether that person is in Memphis or if they're in Atlanta or New York or DC. Like, you don't get a discount because Mac is the same price everywhere. Nars is the same price. Like Fenty Beauty, like all <laughs> of this stuff. Like, it has the same costs, um, and there aren't discounts or like tremendous discounts, if anything. So it's just like y'all be be considerate. You're dealing with people who are also in a pandemic. And especially if you're, I mean, you're talking about wedding vendors, like their livelihood has been shaken up this year. Like, you know, some of us have been still been able to kind of like work from home and things like that. If your event, you are, you know, working in an event based industry, you are having to, even like in the preparation, there's only so much you can do, but now the event is pushed out. You know like there there's still so much that you just have to consider So anyway, very, very That's, long kind
1: of no rabbit that, hole that and really rant. True. but yeah, no that that was a preach right that was a sermon right there <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's it, but it's so true and, and I spent a lot of time just you know i use I use this word you know loosely, but it really is it's true, educating clients mm-hmm. on. Why explaining you know what goes into it? And that's again that advocate for your vendors, you know, because yeah. some people just don't know and some people downright know and just don't care. You know, but right. you you nailed it though, like you don't know everyone's situation and yes, because you know you might consider this cheap because of you know expensive or whatever, but there's some fixed cost. <laughs> like right. I said, this costs the same no matter where you go. Yes, there's some things that are variable, blah blah. Every cost of living is different here and there so maybe there would be right. some cost savings here and there but there are just some basic things you know and i think it's just rude it <laughs> is it's honestly rude because that is and then now you're putting this information out there about that vendor you're putting your pricing information right. it's just it's not right it's, it's, just, it's just not right and that's another sign of a difficult client <laughs> we were actually talking about earlier a problematic <laughs> There you Seriously. go. That, that's an example right
0: there. But no, you, you're right. I, I, I absolutely agree. You are so right. Seriously. Oh my gosh. It's like, and we're about to go into vendor shout out. It's like sometimes, <laughs> and I see this across the board, not even like in the wedding industry, because like I'm in marketing and I do websites for people and, you know, general marketing and stuff like that. And it's like people sometimes want the cost of like, it's like they want to pay you to do the work but they don't want to pay for the supplies or the tools that are required to do it. And they don't want to pay you for the labor. So it's like, if this you know, like costs $50 for a subscription every month to do this thing, I want to pay you just the $50. No, I need to be making money off this. Like (laughs) this shouldn't just be, yeah.
1: I I read something to, to just really add to that. I read something. I don't even know where, but it was, it, was, it was very short and sweet and said that my price is not based on what you can afford or, mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like it's not based on what you think you can afford. It's based on, you know, the value that I'm able to provide. So just because you can afford, you know, let's say $1,000 for this and I say, no, my, my price is $2,000 for this. You can't come at me and be like, well, I think it should be $1,000 that's what I can afford. <laughs> I, have you that. need to find somebody else. <laughs> you need it. I'm not the right person. I'm not the right fit. If that's your budget, I completely would love for you to stay in that budget. So I recommend that you yeah. find someone else. But that I, th- I thought that was so true because a lot of times people are just like, "Well, this is what I think it should is should be it should cost." No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not how it works. But yeah, no, I I digress. But that that's. Whew, I've had a lot of situations like that
2: too. I'm just like, oh, you, <laughs> you're bringing a, back all t- the <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, man. All right, Tanita, well, take us to the vendor shout outs. Yes.
2: Now we are moving into the wedding vendor love. So, Sarah, we're going to have you go first.
1: All right. So, I am actually going to shout out um, just one vendor. And it is a wedding planner that I absolutely love. She is my wedding and event planning idol. Her name is Trisha Smith Brown. And she is based, um, I know she started off in New York, and she's based um, in California. And I love her style for her events. She is very, very focused on experiential events. all of her events have a certain style and a look and feel where you see, you know, this is a this is a TSV experience event right there. Um, just like me, she's she's got, she's focused on details. Um, now I haven't been to her any of her events, but I remember when I was, you know, sorry. Now I really wanted to have someone that I could look at as, hey, who is one person that I aspire or, or just admire. Um, that and I can mm-hmm. use it as an inspiration. And she was actually a, a really good friend of mine um, who was a floral designer in the DMV area. I said, hey, Sarah, you should check out her work. Her work reminds me of you and who you are and what you want to do. And I did. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I just, I love her style. I love the way that she, you know, she she really, I, th- I, I feel like she looks at events as a blank plate for her to really tell your story. Um, and she focuses on detail. It can even be to the napkin. It could be, you know, so like every single piece is intentionally curated to tell your story. Um, and it is an experience from start to finish. So that is my shout out to my event planet, event planner idol, Tricia Smith Brown, um, oh my our God. Instagram, I believe is Tricia Smith Brown actually. Yeah. So that's, that's my vendor
0: love. <laughs> and I'm looking at her feed and I've seen some of these before, like some of these photos and yes, like, yes. and honestly, yes. I didn't realize that there was a black woman behind some of this because like, there's this one um, shot I'm looking at where, um, I guess the wedding was in California and they had mm-hmm. kind of like the semicircle type of yeah. So, you know, the couple was in the middle. Oh, my gosh. And I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, that is gorgeous. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and,
1: and that's the thing that I love about her event. It's, you know, they are always absolutely beautiful. But you can tell that this person cares about detail. They care about curating experience. When you're at that event, you are experiencing so many things. Like that particular wedding you're talking about, um, she has synchronized swimmers during dinner <laughs> oh my gosh
0: yes you know, so so
1: imagine that like every single touch point every single moment is intentionally thought of it's curated yes. you know yes i mean it's you know a lot of things are over the top but for me i i, I look at it as it's over the top with intention right it is, it is designed mm-hmm. that way and you know, yeah. when you look at the florals, the, you know, the table setting, the, um, this experience, the views, everything, you can just tell that a lot of thought, a lot of work when it's this. She clearly got to know her clients. She clearly cares about, you know, their guests and what their experience is. She clearly cares about, you know, like the overall look and feel. And that's reflected throughout. And I just, I love her work. Yeah. I mean, she is, I love, she's that. a beast.
0: <laughs> I love it. I oh, love, I, love I love that. Oh yes, luxury brides have so many aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that so much. Yes,
1: yes, and she, you know, she has a lot of aesthetic. Even if it's a kids party, I feel Mm -hmm. like even with her kids party, I've seen. I mean, her aesthetic is it's it's spot on. You know, they're all still very intentionally curated. Um, I've seen different color schemes from her. Whether it's the pinks, you know, like, like like last year, everybody was doing, you know, the the. The ivory, the rose gold, and all of that stuff. And no matter if you've seen it before, you've seen those colors before. She finds a way to make it unique. She makes it unique to your your event, and it's just amazing. So yes, that is my vendor love right there. Love, love, love everything about her and her events. (laughs)
0: Love it.
2: Ashley, I'm going to have you go next. Okay, so my
0: vendor is actually someone I'm really surprised that we haven't shouted out yet. She is a photographer based in the Atlanta area. I believe she travels. Her name is LaJoy Cox, and she's um, photographed some of our frienders. And she does wonderful wedding uh, photography, but also like lifestyle photography, portraits, branding, all of that. I think she was the photographer for that one show on Netflix that everybody was oh, all hyped about. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Cause I was like, I can't <laughs> remember. I, I know I didn't watch it, but everybody was talking about it. Oh, you have to watch yes. it by the way. Side note. <laughs> we'll <laughs> definitely really do that. Now that I'm done with Moesha in the game. <laughs> You're really done? You okay, are so, dope. Well, only three seasons of the game were on oh netflix but then i found the whole thing on the CW. seed, the bt version so like i started that but like the the good cw part like i'm done with that and yeah my wish girl you know i went through that I'm in a week season
2: two this, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah lajoy cox her instagram is lajoy photography llc um and more than likely she is if you're a especially based in the Atlanta area. Um, Your favorite photographer has probably used her (laughs) um, or recommended their clients to her um, if they were in need. So
2: my person is LaJoy. What about you? Nice. So I also have a photographer this week and she's also an art director and like when I'm looking at her pictures like you can actually tell like that she has well I feel like all photographers have a creative aspect to them but I feel like you can definitely see that through all her photos. Um, her name is Emily Melissa and she is m tog m.tog on Instagram and she is at Emily. Melissaphoto.com. so definitely look her up she is in the chicago area and she has award-winning work in npr music Munalucci, the knot and and also black Bride. so definitely look her up if you are in the chicago area and that's what i have this week very nice awesome.
0: oh yeah this is my style of photography tania why are you infringing in my my neck of the woods this is <laughs> this is what i would suggest um but again thank you sarah so much for coming oh, on no, we hope we didn't take up too much of your time absolutely
1: not no um, thank you guys for the opportunity and i felt like i was just chatting with my girlfriends you guys make it so easy oh yeah oh we're gonna have you back oh
0: yeah. we're gonna bring you back
1: <laughs> this is a lot of fun i really enjoyed it my, my my kids didn't come to the window, but my husband <laughs> did quite a few times. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so if he saw me look great, like, I'm like, who are you talking to <laughs> for that long? I <laughs> <laughs> <Wow. laughs> said, so the kids don't do it, you'll do it. But no, this was amazing, ladies. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And this was no a lot problem. of fun. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed my time.
0: Thank you. So Where fun. can people find you? So my website is
1: SG3Events. So that's S as in Sam, G as in girl, the number three and the word event, E-V-E-N-T-S, SG3Events.com. My Instagram is also SG3Events. And you can also find us via email. Um, That is, we're at hello at SG3Events.com. So everything is consistent, SG3Events. (laughs) Um, Put that in Google, you'll find... You find one way of getting a hold of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very nice. All right, Tania, since she didn't do it the last time, where can they find us? Do you remember?
2: Yes. So you can <laughs> find us at Hugh I Do Wed on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Yep. And you can find us at HughIDo.com. And from there, you can find both Ashley and I. If you want to follow us on our social medias
0: yes our respective private pages um or personal pages yeah um thank you again sarah for thank coming you. on you, we hope you. you have a great night thank and, you and uh the same
1: and Ashley, yeah. Good luck on your wedding. I love oh, the bond you. that you and Tanya have. I mean, just having oh. a best friend for <laughs> so long to be part of your wedding and doing this together—that—that—that that, that is a special bond. So you guys definitely nurture that, and and it's you guys made this so much fun. And um, yeah, good luck with everything, thank with you. the wedding, and definitely I love to come back whenever. Or, you know. Just oh yeah. <laughs> reach out. I'm you're all, you're, all, you're on the friend list now. <laughs> you are on the friend list. <laughs> Oh well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. No, you guys have been amazing. I, I, I really appreciate it. this was a lot of fun. So thank you for that.
0: Oh, well thank, thank you, you and thank you. Both of y'all have a great night. Yes. That was great. great night, you, guys.